Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weirdly Cosmic podcast for the Leo new moon that will take place on the 8th of August. But before I talk about that, I am Louise Eddington, the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology. And I've just realised I wore one of my owl shirts and it says I moved the stars, but I'm going to lift this up and show you for those of you on video. It says, I move the stars for no one <laughs> because the, the planets do what they do and I don't change them. It's kind of a joke because I get all the, when will it end? What, you know, I, I, all I believe is how we, that we control is how we respond to the energies. Okay. This is where our free will is. That doesn't mean I think that our future is cast in stone. I'm not a big fan of fatalism. Um, I do think, you know, that we can take the high road and shift the direction slightly. But um, no, we do not move the stars. So <laughs> anyway, I am Louise Eddington, as I said, The Cosmic Owl. Before I dive in, I just want to say that I'm the author of two books, The Complete Guide to Astrology and Modern Astrology. Complete Guide to Astrology is the bestseller on Amazon right now. If you have the books, please leave me reviews. If you don't get them, I'm writing my third book right now, which is um, about using astrology in tarot. And don't forget to subscribe to my channel or subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen. Give me thumbs up, likes, leave me reviews for that as well, because um, all of that gets uh, the podcast more noticed because I do this for free. Although on Anchor, uh, on Anchor, you can actually subscribe and support the podcast if you choose to uh, for as little as 98 cents a month. So I'm pulling a card for or I have pulled a card for this um, new moon. But before I look at the card, I'm going to say the new moon is on August the 8th, the 2021. Um, the Lionsgate portal, which I will talk a little bit about, um, is at 16 degrees and 14 minutes of Leo, opposing Saturn in Aquarius and square to Uranus in Taurus. And I'll talk a lot about that. Um, not only is this podcast, uh, sorry, this podcast, this new moon on August the 8th, it is also um, has a lot of eight degree placements in the chart. And I'll talk about that as I go through. Um, I'm also going to say that the new moon is conjunct Mercury. Um, the new moon's at 16 degrees Leo and Mercury is at 23 degrees of Leo. And um, I actually, um, out of the deck, popped the Magus card, the Mercury card, when I pulled these things. And he's the juggler, the magician. He's uh, the one saying that you can throw all these balls up in the air and really create magic with it. And there is huge potential in this, um, in this new moon, as I'll talk about. I actually think it's a little bit more challenging than um, I've heard some people say, but I also think with challenges come uh, possibilities and potential. So just having a look at this card, and for those of you that can't see it, um, it's the figure of Hermes um, in um, in the Toth 
uh, deck, the Toth Tarot I'm using. And and he is uh, kind of flying up um, with winged feet uh, and he has... Um, has transformational symbols coming out of his head and he's got all these um, um, symbols, the, the cups, the swords, the pentacles um, and, um, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm looking at this backwards and it's actually hard to see and the wands, yeah, all throwing up in the air. So all the other suits of the tarot, um, he's he's got... Uh, tablets and um, all kinds of symbols that he's juggling to create magic all right so this really though is the principle of communication and good timing okay and I want to read you um, a quote about this card before we move on to the astrology so bear with me one second Language shapes consciousness and the use of language to shape consciousness is an important branch of magic. And that's from Starhawk in Dreaming the Dark. Now, in my second book, The Complete Guide to Astrology, I actually talk about the use of language in astrology, um, shaping um, how we see that what the planets are doing and things like that. And it's my belief, not that we can change the planets, <laughs> but that in using the language differently, we can change how we interpret what's um, what's going on and therefore how we navigate the stars. All right, so back to the chart, back to this new moon. Now, this new moon is sandwiched between two full moons, um, two Aquarius full moons. We've just had one as I record this, that was at one degree Aquarius. And then the uh, next full moon is, I think it's on the 23rd, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's gonna be at 29 Aquarius. And this is not very usual, well it happens, you know, about once a year, but <laughs> but all this is all contained in a very tight space. Okay, we're getting two, but this this to me is very interesting because of all the Aquarius energy being activated first by the um, Jupiter Saturn conjunction of December the twenty first, twenty twenty one at zero Aquarius where Mars and Venus are going to meet at zero Aquarius. I think it's March the 6th next year. It's March next year anyway. And then December the 7th, 2024, Venus, Pluto and Ceres are all going to meet at zero degrees 20 uh, of um, Aquarius. So uh, the great conjunction of Sat Jupiter and Saturn launched this 200 year period of great conjunctions in air signs that happen every um, that happen every uh, 20 years. And we've just come out of an Earth period. And, and then that zero Aquarius degree is being activated over and over. And we do know that at some point we are going to be in the age of Aquarius. Nobody ever really knows when it uh, begins. I'm actually going to talk about my current theory about that as we go on. So, but uh, 
But this Leo new moon is still a Leo new moon and Leo is associated with uh, the heart. Leo rules the heart. It's ruled by the sun. So here we have a new moon, which is moon conjunct sun in the sign of the sun. And this year's Leo new moon is on the um, Leo um, sorry, is on the um, Lion's Gate portal, so-called, which is not just about um, um, just numbers, and I'll talk about the eight soon, but it is actually the rising, about the rising of the star Sirius and, uh, and an alignment, which um, is about aligning with um, Sirius moves closer to Earth, when the sun is Leo and is it's seen in alignment with Orion's belt and it all kind of all lines up with the Egyptian pyramids of Giza. So it shows that um, Giza, the Egyptians kind of knew what they were talking about. And this is an alignment um, with the galactic center. So it's but the Lion's Gate is believed to be a powerful portal um, that's in play for um kind of bringing new energy into earth i'm not going to say it's for an awakening i think we're constantly awakening and expanding our consciousness does that make us better i don't know but we're con uh, we learn more our, our understanding of the universe is is expanding and and so on and so forth and the lion's gate portal seems to be a real um important point in that. So um, I'll talk more about uh, Leo in a second, but let's look at all these eights. So it's on the 8th of August in a five year, but so we have the eighth month and the eighth day. And we, on this, on this particular Lion's Gate portal, we have the North and South Node at eight degrees of um, Gemini and Sagittarius. We have Juno at eight degrees of Sagittarius also. And Juno will um, have just stationed direct, just prior to, on the same day, okay, Juno is stationing direct, conjunct the South Node on the same day as the new moon on um, at eight and that at that eight degrees and the, um, we've also got Vesta at eight degrees and Saturn is at nine degrees but that's all making an air kite uh, um, an air grand trine because um, Vesta's in Libra Saturn's in Aquarius and the north node in Gemini and it makes a kite pattern pointing to that south node in Juno. So eight, first of all, before I talk about that pattern, the this the eight um, really um, is a number of strength and infinity. Okay, if you think about the shape of the eight, it, it's a very balanced number. So it's inner strength. It's it's re, it's connected often with manifestation. But I'm going to see it as um, as strength in this in this particular one. It's also to do with the universal spiritual law of course, cause and effect. It's actually related to the North Node and the eight 
is connected with the sun as well. So this is such a solar new moon, if that makes sense. It's um, Leo also represents courage, which is, is another word for strength. Courage, um, cur of the heart in French. So this is a courageous new moon. Um, the number eight can, the shadow of it, can be about um, being domineering and superior. If we think of, of you know, if, if you're taking Leo to its nth degree, it's about uh, majesty and royalty and sovereignty. Um, but when um, in the modern day, when sovereignty is talked about a lot of the time, it's kind of being taken to mean that we are sovereign beings and we do what we want and nobody can tell us what to do. But now we can never, in astrology, we can never um, ignore the polarities. The, all signs have an op, equal and opposite sign and Leo's is Aquarius. So we're back to Aquarius again. And in <laughs> and in this new moon, we have Saturn there uh, opposing the new moon um, in the sign of Aquarius, saying we have to um, think of the good of humanity as well. We are sovereign beings in relationship to all humanity and the collective and we have to think of what's good for the collective as well we can't just say screw everybody basically so sovereignty is kind of one of those things yes we are sovereign and i would say we're sovereign in how we choose to go about our lives that's very different than um some ways of having interpreted the word sovereign. Now, if you think of the word sovereign as well, you know, coming from um, a country where we still have royalty, we have a sovereign, a good um, sovereign leader of a country is benevolent and does um, everything they do is for the good of the people. This is good sovereignty. And so this is what this new moon is asking me to think of um, in some ways, I have to say. Now, um, do I want to say anything else about that? Bear with me one second. I've just realised I do want to talk about um, the number seven too. So I just want to get something else up. Um... So, yes, I do want to talk about something else while we're talking about the eights. Juno on that south node. Juno's been retrograde um, since she went retrograde on um, April the 12th, 2021 at 24 degrees Sagittarius. And she's been traveling back since then. And I think it's no coincidence that she is going direct on the day of the new moon. She will have just stationed direct before the new moon, which, by the way, the new moon is at 7.50 a.m. mountain time, which is 9.50 a.m. on the east coast, um, 6.50 a.m. on the Pacific, and, <laughs> gosh, I've got to do my math now. 
I think it's 2.50 p.m. in the afternoon in uh, the UK. Um, Juno represents the rights of women and children. And and she uh, and she's also known as the marriage asteroid. She's about our relationships with each other. So this to me is returning us back to talking about that Leo Aquarius polarity where we have to remember we are in relationship with each other. She's been traveling with the South Node for quite some time and she stations just two solar arc minutes from the South Node asking us to let go of any um dogma and beliefs about our relationships to each other okay and I've been talking about this over and over and she is asking us to go to that north node of community in Gemini the um thinking listening mercury ruled back to the card the magician creating a new way of being in community then she's in this um, kite aspect on this new moon as well as I said with that Saturn in Aquarius it's retrograde incidentally Saturn is um, he's only uh, he's he's heading towards his station direct degree which will be six Aquarius but he's um, you know he's the sign of he's a he's about mastery the planet of mastery Saturn so he's retrograde in Aquarius he's saying master this humanitarian thing you know he's retrograde he's saying go back over this where are we getting it wrong where are our um, leaders and institutions getting it wrong okay and those that we give our authority to where are we, you know, needing to master something differently? The other leg of this aspect, this kite aspect that involves stationing Juno is Vesta in Libra. Vesta in Venus ruled Libra. And that, this is about focus and commitment to partnership, balance, peace and harmony. So, you know... <laughs> I think the universe is constantly asking us to really think about our relationship to all things or humanity and move back into right relationship. The other aspect of Saturn in Aquarius is that um, Aquarius, Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius and Saturn and Uranus are in this a year-long square with one more exact square to come this year in 2021 and Uranus is the modern ruler of Aquarius and Aquarius is this strange sign of um, mixing the ancient in with the modern the old ways in a modern way because Uranus really is the future and liberation and Saturn is tradition and it's about not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but about mastering that balance, about bringing perhaps the shamanic ways in in a modern way, bringing in the indigenous ways of um, fire management, for example, um, and using that to help to control the um, wildfires that we have with uh, climate change happening. 
um, just some thoughts. And, and you know, it's, this is about remembering that we're in this right relationship with, with the earth as well, not just each other. It's all connected and um, and bringing everything back into balance. We keep being given these chances and opportunities over and over and over again. Okay. Okay, so. I said I would talk um, about my theory about the age of Aquarius and I am gonna do that now. Um, Saturn, sorry, Pluto and Eris are about to make their third of, sorry, fourth of five squares, um, exact squares. Um, the um, Pluto will square Eris on August the 27th. There'll be one more final square um, on um, October the 9th. There were three squares in 2020. The first was um, at the end of January, January the 20th, as the pandemic was um, kicking up. The second was in June and the third was in December as the pandemic was really reaching other peaks. Um, we're about to get two more, very close together. And as this happens, we see the pandemic increasing. I think we're in for a rough couple of months but it's also a time of much needed change. Pluto in Capricorn has been um, excavating um, what's um, corrupt and not working in all our institutions. And the pandemic's been part of this, highlighting what's not working. I was reading this morning that a lot of parents are choosing to continue homeschooling their kids because some kids are thriving from homeschooling because the education system as it is does not fit all kids. Some kids benefit, some don't. We perhaps need to rethink all of that. We're seeing in our governments that certain things are not working and have not been working and perhaps we need to rethink all of that. Um, this, you know, this is all our institutions, our um, finance institutions, all of that. Pluto's been excavating that. Then we've got Eris. Eris in Aries, kind of, I'm. Uh, she calls us on our shit. <laughs> she... Uh, you know, uh, I've seen one astrologer always describes Eris as hateful. She's causing all this hate. I think she's revealing all this hate. I think Eris stands back and shows people who they are. That's why I say that she causes on our shit. Okay. And so these, this square, all of this chaos, she's the goddess of chaos and discord. All of this chaos is, is showing us what needs to change. And I think we're in for a time of it, really, over the next few weeks of really being shown that we have not learned yet what really needs to change and things are going to get shaken up in a big way. How does that relate to the age of Aquarius, I ask you? <laughs> I hear you asking. Well, 2,700 years ago, it was actually um, around 960. I'll just get my little list of charts. These are kind of my printouts and things, these charts I've got here. I've got five charts here from 691 BC through to um, 690 BC. 
There were also five exact squares of Eris and Pluto from with Pluto in Capricorn and Eris in Aries. That's the last time the two squared in those signs. And now that is about 2,700 years ago. Okay. And um, the astrological ages are thought to be about 2,600 years. So, hmm, isn't that funny, you know? I'm just laughing. In fact, it's 2,711 years ago. They were in exact squares with each other. And so I'm wondering if that was really the start of the last age. You know, they never start on a year. But I'm wondering if these particular, well, at least if they're a big part of it, when Pluto squares Eris from the sign in cardinal signs, okay, um, cardinal signs, then um, it's uh, initiating a big change. And they, because they're both such slow moving energies, they do not square very often, okay? And they do not oppose each other very often. These are the only major aspects between Pluto and Eris that we're going to get in our lifetime. And they are in the cardinal signs. So I think that's very important. But even more than that, and I thank Daniel Fiverson for pointing this out. He's a, another astrologer. This period when the last when the two were squaring um, with Pluto in Capricorn and Eris in Aries was called the Axial Age. Okay, and it was a time where the Upanishads were written. Um, it was a real time of, of, apt, uh, of major, major change. There were new modes of thinking that developed almost si simultaneously in four distinct areas of the world. It was a time of social unrest and political upheaval. Okay, it was, um, to quote um, German philosopher Karl Theodor Jaspers, in 1949, he said, the spiritual foundations of humanity were laid simultaneously and independently, and these are the foundations upon which humanity still subsists today. It was a pivotal time when human beings began to reflect about individual existence and the meaning of life and death. There was increasing urban civilization. Um, there was the a priestly ruling class at the time and and it but it basically disrupted the old sense of order and um, set the um, uh, scene for the next 2700 years. You know, the age of Pisces, a lot of people have connected it or a lot of astrologers have connected it with just Christianity. But really Buddhism and the Upanishads and Hinduism and all this kind of stuff started coming out from the Axial Age. So maybe that's when it was all begun, really. So anyway, that's my theory about the Age of Aquarius there for you. And that ties into all those, um, the Aquarius energy being set. And that brings me... <laughs> to the Saturn Uranus square. 
Um, the, the closest aspect to this new moon is actually to Uranus. Uranus is um, in Taurus still at 14 degrees and 44 minutes of Taurus on this new moon. And Uranus is slowing down to station uh, retrograde. Uranus will be stationing retrograde on August the 20th, just 12 days after this new moon. Therefore, Uranus is the strongest aspect to this new moon. And Uranus shakes things up. This is going to be a bit of, little bit of a rattler and roller, in my opinion. Okay, um, uh, with combined with Uranus stationing, with Juno stationing on the day, with the Saturn-Uranus square being activated by um, the Leo new moon in um, in fixed signs, which really do not like being rattled and rolled. They like to set things in stone. I kind of think, and with the two Pluto Uranus Pluto Eris squares approaching, I think we're in for a bit of a time of it, and we are going to have to really step into our hearts heart opening meditations um really stepping into what you know we feel is um um really our heart leads us to do really being love to each other is really important on this new moon and that brings me back to the leo new moon which is at 16 degrees and it's um um which is a seven, so it's 16, seven. The seven is the number of the collective consciousness. Okay, this is about really tuning into um, spiritual awareness, um, spiritual development, mysticism, but with um, a real collective kind of energy. This is the chariot card in the tarot, the seven. It asks us to gather all our resources and really focus. That number keeps coming back again and again. And to have the courage to uh, really um, follow the heart and to the courage to um, make love a verb, you know. And it's, love is an action, all right. You know, love isn't just this, oh, I love you and I do nothing about it. Love is action. Now, um, according to um, my favourite website for the numbers, which is the numbers and their meanings dot um, the number seven relates to um, the planet Saturn, which is opposing this new moon. So, you know, the overall message to my mind of this new moon is to really have courage, cur, with the heart, um, and. Um, step into yes your sovereignty but remembering that being a sovereign be sovereign being means doing things for the collective and being sovereign to choose to do that not this thinking you can do whatever you like it's a very creative new moon um, the conjunction to the sign of mercury means that we should be speaking from the heart um, we should be feeling liberation from 
um, a lot of the shoulds of the past. Juno's conjunction to the south node is, is saying let go of old dogmas, let go of all relief. Um, you know, all those old rigid beliefs that have been foisted on us by religion, by um, uh, by society, uh, by uh, the cultures we were brought up in and moving to this new sense of community. Um, so this is really big. Um, and I'm going to go to the symbols now. OK. So uh, the Chandra symbol for Leo 17, because we always go up, is elegant black women sitting on a porch and fanning themselves, rising superior to apparent li limitations. You de defiantly renounce the letter of the law to salvage the spirit of the law, puncturing pretense, breaking down power and control structures, you are militantly outrageous, anti-traditional, pulled forward by a vision, a knack, an instinct for what this earth asks and demands. On fire with the power of radical changes, you feel in your cells the next stage in evolution. Ignited by the sense of being selected out as the quintessential representative of progressive currents. You dramatise yourself, your cause, your expanding awareness. You want to make sure everybody knows that something new is going on around here and that it will not stop nor take a back seat to anybody or anything. Isn't that powerful? Doesn't that speak to having the courage to... Um, really kind of uh, rise up and shine and shine your heart on the world. The Sabian symbol, the feeling of, sorry, it's a volunteer church choir singing religious hymns. The feeling of togetherness which unites men and women in their dedication to a collective ideal. I think that's all I need to say. I don't, you know, and, and uh, Leo is song and singing and performance too. And, and religious hymns can be really uplifting. So this is nothing to do with organised religion. This is um, really about feeling that sense of commonality and togetherness. All right, as we move forward. So think about all of this as we go into this new moon, this period, and then with the full, next second full moon in Aquarius, the sign of the humanitarianism and the collective, with the, that second one coming up at the um, end of Aquarius on the 23rd of August. And really think about this as we go through some very chaotic times and things that you can rise above and rise up and really kind of take a stand to um, to create what you um, I'm just trying to look for that other symbol again the Chandra symbol for really rising superior to apparent limitations that one gives me great hope 
I love that it's a marginalized person in the symbol because maybe the marginalized people are going to be rising up finally and you know we're all they're kind of all going to rise up together and rising past their apparent limitations okay to salvage the spirit of the law isn't that wonderful it kind of excites me this new moon but i do have to say that we are in a challenging period um, things are going to get a bit rough over the next few weeks and towards and really for the rest of this year so hold on to your hats look after yourselves and those you love and just lead with the heart all right so from now, it's Louise Eddington, the Cosmic Owl, Cosmic Owl Astrology. You can find me at Cosmic Owl Astrology on Instagram, Facebook, um, you can, and YouTube. <laughs> and uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're watching on here. Um, maybe hit the little bell to get notified. Subscribe to me wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, please, please, please leave me reviews on my Facebook page, on YouTube, wherever. Um, can't leave do leave a comment on YouTube, uh, leave a review on iTunes, leave my books reviews. All of that kind of helps me to um, get seen by algorithms. <laughs> All right, so have a wonderful new moon. Uh, I'll speak to you and see you in space, as my teacher Gemini Brett says. <laughs>